Traveling to consciousness, exploring spiritual journeys to find answers in uncertainty. So Altea Lucrezia Avanzo, thank you for being here. I'm honored and very excited to get this conversation going. Thank you so much for having me. I'm also very grateful and honored to be sharing this time and this space with you. Did I already lose you? We already okay. There you are. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> okay. First, the first little glitch of the day. <laughs> we'll see how that plays out. Um, but yeah, I'm actually like super excited to talk to you because I feel like what you talk about on your channels, not many people are really talking about at all. So you've, I guess, discovered somehow, you somehow kind of came across this whole light language thing, if you will. So what, because I I love language. I'm obsessed with it. I've I've learned some Portuguese, some Spanish, obviously English. And this is like a whole new thing, right? Because there's no one in the world who is like nationally going around and just talking in light language, right? So what exactly is light language and where does it come from? Okay, so if you imagine a universal understanding and expression of the soul, so if you, obviously on a much larger scale, but if you think English is the world language, light language would be the expression out there in a galactic sense. So it can come through and be expressed in many different ways through sounds, um, singing, um, gestures, art. It's a really a direct expression and connection of the soul um, connecting through source consciousness. So it's a very high vibrational frequency communication medium, if you can put it in that way, it cannot really be translated verbatim. So not really word by word, because it's not a language as we would conceptualize a language in our third dimensional density and reality as humans, you know, a language has a structure, you know, whether it's the Anglo-Saxon root or the Latin root, it's, 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 you know, it's a structured way of speaking. The light language doesn't work like that. However, it does have repetition, sounds, um, vibrations and frequencies that can come through. So after a while that you're speaking it, you kind of know what you're saying and can make a sense of it. Um, it also works directly onto the DNA structure. It bypasses the conscious mind. So when you're receiving light language, even if you're not understanding it or if it seems a little bit strange um, and whatnot, your system is still integrating and receiving the codes that come through, which is just a way of saying the expression of light language. The codes that come through are intelligent. What can also happen is sometimes you receive it, but you're not in a space where you're open to integrate it. You're going to integrate it when it's best for you. So maybe when you go to sleep, they work beyond the construct of space and time because they are, are tuned to fifth dimensional um, density and frequency. So this is kind of like um, how I understand it and how I work with it as well. And when it comes down to the, the movements, the hand gestures, the way I see it is I actually... Um, it's almost like I, 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 codes of light come out from my hands and then anchor into the structure of the of the matrix construct grid and assist in raising the vibration um, of the planet and on a collective level. So I hope that explains <laughs> it. <laughs> that was a very in-depth explanation. I feel like there's a lot of phrases in there that we might want to just break down. Uh, I, I assume majority of 
maybe your followers and even mine, but if someone's just like stumbling across this for the first time, I feel like that was a lot, let's say, right? So let's, where do we start with this? I guess one place is to kind of start where I see a bunch of people, different bunch of different people putting out light language videos. Now, a lot of the hand gestures seem similar and a lot of like the way that it's written seems similar, but like you're saying with like this conscious and subconscious, it's not like you could, or is it? Maybe it is. Let's pose that this as a question. Can you talk to other people in light language and then they understand back and forth and like kind of have this back and forth like we're doing right now? Uh, yes. Yes, you can. Again, it's not like a verbatim understanding word by word, but yes, I have full on light language conversations with my two year old. Children can channel and speak really? light language because, yeah, because they, um, they're not being, they're not um, a program and they're not, um, their mind hasn't been kind of like programmed by the structure. So they're very open. So I started speaking light language to my child from when I was still pregnant with her. Um, and she understands oh. and she responds to me in light language as well. It sounds different from mine because it's her expression, you know, of her light language. But yes, you can most definitely have conversations in this language. Well, that's crazy. We got to we got to dive into that because the first thing that was coming to mind was, you know, the idea of like kind of the prefrontal cortex develops once you get older in life. And so, you know, the fact that they're more in their quote unquote subconscious brainwave pattern, that's what would open them up to this light language state. And even kind of what you just said there was that you were even talking to them when you were pregnant. Is this something that they've even confirmed where they're like, oh, yeah, I remember whenever you were pregnant with me and we were having, you know, conversation about um, XYZ? Yeah, she's she's uh, just she's just over two. So she doesn't really have full on um, conversations yet. However, um, I have noticed that it's almost like when I chant certain light language, kind of like soothing lullabies that I used to chant when I was pregnant, she recognizes them. So mm -hmm. I guess, but I guess when she gets a little bit older, that is a conversation that I will have with her for sure. I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm not even in the <laughs> dynamic. I'm excited for that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that's super cool. You'll have to bring her on your like Instagram or something to, to talk about that. Cause I think that's fascinating. Yeah, definitely. And so is it, so then I guess I'm trying to like kind of figure this out, right? Because I think there's a lot of science that proves that even from a trauma perspective that we can pick up on traumas that our moms are going through, like when they have us or like if they're dealing with their own stuff and we're not even quote unquote consciously aware of it or hell, I mean, people say that we're not even conscious, I guess, whenever we're in our mother's womb. And yet somehow we can pick up on that and kind of will still play out those patterns once we come out into the three-dimensional world so is there was there certain like intentions that you were kind of like taking into it like for nourishment or for health like how does like what is like the whole mindset when you're talking to your kid in your in your womb so for me because um I knew about this child like years before she was going to come through and it was just a very intense well, intense and beautiful experience that I had with her. Um, I was actually playing frequency to her when I was pregnant. I was actively working on my own karmic cycles to clear them in order for her to come through without any karmic baggage, which she did, which was very beautiful. I think a little bit was part of her contract, but 
also part of my work. Um, so I was already kind of like in tune, connected to my guides, speaking to my guides. So I was getting divinely guided throughout the process. But what I would suggest for, uh, you know, like a, a person who isn't necessarily an energy worker, but who does want to, you know, do good um to, to the child and really assist her before she even or he even comes out, I would say to play solfege of frequencies and binaural beats and then really work with your own um, centeredness, your own groundedness, your own being neutral because they feel everything. And if you are an agitated and stressed out person, that's what your child's going to pick up, whether it's in the womb, whether it's just come out and whatnot. So obviously we human, so I'm not saying to not feel the emotions, but move through them in a way that is healthy. Don't suppress them. And um, yeah, and I think all the mothers can can agree with that, you know, feeling that it's, it's it's kind of like very, very special to, you know, have this. It's, it's something that I wouldn't even know how to describe because you have like a, something that's alive, you know, in you. <laughs> <laughs> growing, growing and and uh, and moving and whatnot um so you will always be divinely connected to your child um and you will always to an extent know what is what is what is best for her or for him but i think uh, taking in consideration a little bit of spiritual practices can really go a long way especially with like the crying and the and the you know because i was very grateful because i was guided through this whole process and my daughter came out beautifully she like slept six hours through the night even as a newborn i never had those problems where you know every two hours wow. you have to wake up and whatnot yeah and you know so so um everyone would come and say to me this is not possible how is this possible kids cry at night and i'm like well no she sleeps through actually and then she wakes up and then she feeds and then she sleeps again and whatnot and she, now she's two and a half and she's never had to take any like antibiotic any medication she's never been sick she's never had anything um so i think with just doing really small things in that sacred process of you know the pregnancy um can really make a big difference to the physical being and to the healing of the soul because you don't want to give them your karmic baggage so try and do the work also on yourself before you bring a soul into the world and maybe that's a good thing to kind of highlight right because i feel like and maybe this is me well I feel like, you know, speaking light language, bringing that in, that's like a whole nother level of spirituality. It's at least a, let's say another dimension of it. So, you know, people who are listening, who are kind of just, you know, let's say, you know, dipping their toe in spirituality or kind of just getting started and they are a mother in this situation or are expecting a kid. What are those like basic practices? I know you mentioned binaural beats, which are very fascinating things that I've used myself. So what, I guess, what are those like small tangible things that mothers or expecting mothers could use or dive into to aid in that release of karmic baggage? Well, the light language would definitely assist because remembering that the light language is the new technology that is given to us from our, you know, galactic ancestors and beings and from our parts of self, which have come here and chose to have this human experience. So I would definitely say... Be mindful who you're listening to because there's a lot of 
different channelers out there. So pick one that resonates with you and that you can feel within your heart center. But definitely that would help. Being mindful and conscious of the food that you're eating. So if you are following like a carnivore diet, bless your food, bless your meat, make sure that you're not eating um, food that has been um, slaughtered in a way that's, um, you know, very heavy and that's gone through a lot of pain because as you're eating it, then you don't want to eat that karmic baggage. So now you've got your karmic baggage and the cows and the chickens and do you know what I mean so be mindful sure. of blessing your food as well so and I would say also movement um things like yoga pilates just movement especially in the morning and the reason I say that is because when we sleep um, and we go into the astral realms we tend to do a lot of work in those areas as well and then when you wake up you'll have energy to release. So even five minutes of stretching in the morning, this is good for anyone, not just like pregnant woman. Even five minutes of stretching will like help you just to move through um, whatever thing has come up, whatever thing has been static within your physical vessel throughout the night. Yeah, I know. I know, man, whenever I wake up, I'm so tight. I'm just everything, back, legs, shoulders. I'm just like, oh, this is rough. So yeah, I've, I know I'm even trying to more integrate that, what would you call it, energy of stretching in the morning as well, which which seems like a very powerful, subtle, but powerful way to kind of get your body moving, get the blood flowing. Do you think that that, you know, because you kind of touched on how in the beginning when you hear these light languages, it might be at night when they get integrated. Could this help with that integration process? If let's say I watch one of your videos, I don't feel anything shift, I go to bed my spirit goes, does whatever integration it needs to do. And then I wake up and I'm feeling tight Would that stretching help with that integration process. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. It would help with any integration process, but definitely also if you're listening to the light language, and even if you don't necessarily feel anything straight away, as we said, your system will still be integrating on a subconscious level. So definitely movement will assist. Like I'm like all pro, like the, the, the physical part of the raising the consciousness, because everything needs to rise together, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, and the physical, you can't spend, you know, five hours a day meditating and then you're not moving your body. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it right. needs to kind of like all rise together. Yeah, because I think that was where did I read this? I think someone was talking about um, who, whoever the first yogi was, and I guess I'm I feel like I'm being disrespectful because I'm not remembering his name. Somebody was talking about the quote unquote first yogi, and they were saying that in that story he would spend like a lot of time, majority of his days would just be either meditating or like jumping around and dancing, and so he would like be in this deep meditative state where he would like be feeling all these energies. They say he was like even crying. And then he would kind of like break out of it and then just kind of be dancing and moving and ecstatic movement, if you will. And, and it's, inter it's just, it's an interesting thought that's coming to mind with what you're saying here with regards to finding even that balance of, okay, how much of it should I be sitting? How much of it should I be moving? You know, and it's, I mean, even like, you know, in the, in the day to day, if someone's like working or something and you're always sitting and then you need to kind of get out and move and like move that around. And I'm even thinking from a podcast perspective, because we'll be sitting here for a couple hours. And so like getting up and moving is probably the best thing to do afterwards. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the yogis are quite interesting. Hey, I was in India last year for a little bit. I went to um, the holy land of Rishikesh to learn from the sadhus and do yoga and kundalini yoga. Um, 
I had done already some yoga here, but I wanted to go there where the yoga was born and whatnot. And yeah, they've got some interesting um they've got some interesting teachings. I do believe that some of it is a little bit outdated because they're still learning on practices from 3000 years ago and we've evolved as species. So mm-hmm. I believe that with what we're receiving now with regards to new technology, whether it's light language, psychic activations, um, you know, vision or whatever it is that comes through. But there is definitely a lot to learn in the roots of, you know, the different practices um, that the sadhus have and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, it was an, it's interesting that you brought that up because I was thinking about it also as I was speaking and thinking about the practices and whatnot and what I took from it, um, some parts of it. And some of it, I was just like, no, this is insane. This is mental. I'm not like, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost but like I guess we're, to each their own. Yeah, it's almost like we're connected to the same universal consciousness or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> 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 no, it's it's cool. And I think, uh, honestly, I think that's like something, I mean, just speaking on that perhaps for a second, we'll get back to the physical stuff, is especially I've noticed with talking with certain people who, well, just like the spirituality community kind of in general, is it seems like there is this like interconnected nature of like understanding, like when you're, how do I articulate this? Like when you don't have so many barriers, right? You're not too worried about, let's say, judgment or, you know, fear or what other people are going to think. And you have that innate ability to trust your instinct and kind of flow with it, right? Like how I kind of just brought up the yogi out of nowhere. It seems as if that's like this, there's like this weird little like dance that's kind of happening that you're both tapped into and understanding like the next flow of the conversation, if you will. Yeah, I think it's an alignment and frequency. I mean, that's really all everything is to an extent because everything is frequency. And when you are aligned or tuned into the same frequency, then that's kind of like when you go in the same direction. It's the same with love, you know, like people, oh, we love and this and that. It's an alignment and vibration. It's an alignment and frequency that you're feeling that is very strong, you know, and then, you know, then it can be karmic and whatnot, but just, just in general. And yeah, and it's the same. And um, I think when you are, when your baseline vibrational frequency is already quite high, then when you come into these container spaces, like what we have created now, it's it's almost like, it's, it's almost like also the teams come together and they're like, now, mm. you know, speak about this and now, you know, talk about that and whatnot. And I've, I've experienced that also with, um, with other energy workers and in spaces where I'm holding workshops and whatnot, that there's a few different people and then all of a sudden four of them are asking the same question that it was, is completely off topic, but they all felt like they needed to, you know, come through in that way. So for sure, it's like we all tapped into same vibrations and frequencies. And I'm sure this is also something you've probably seen throughout your work where there'll be like something happening in your life and you'll fix it or you'll like recognize it and it'll be a small pivot. And then your next five or six clients will have that same exact issue. It's a story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and what I also notice and see, which is very interesting, is I see collective patterns. So let's say I, I see, you know, I generally see between six to 10 clients a day. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Mushy Love. Mushy Love is a 
latte type blendable mushroom caffeine free elixir that honestly tastes like a liquid cinnamon roll and i know that you're going to find that on their website but it's honestly true it's stacked with more than twice the amount of mushrooms as any other mushroom latte and i know that there's one in particular that we all think about which kind of starts with the word mud but this one blows that one out of the water i highly highly recommend if you even try that one to just give this one a shot and i promise you that you will not you will not be sorry because i just uh it's so good it's honestly so good and i want to get to a place where i can actually just they send me these all the time for free so please go and buy it because if you buy more then they'll start sending me more and it's just honestly a win-win because it tastes amazing like even in water so even if you're cutting even if you don't want to like put milk and or coffee with it you can just do it plain in water and it's so freaking good guys go click the sponsors link below scroll down to mushy love buy your pack today remember promo code clayton promo code i can't even talk right now promo code clayton at checkout for 10 percent off your purchase mushy love mushrooms shouldn't have to taste like mud give yourself some mushy love um so let's say okay my monday goes like this like that by the time it's my tuesday and i'm seeing like my evening clients on my tuesday now it's like the third person that in their astral was having an apocalyptic dream okay just like a random Mm. you know example and then i'm like okay yeah so this is what's happening the timelines are being cleared so you're all having different dreams or for example this is what happened this week this past week it's been like a food theme a lot of people that have been coming to me um with their regular sessions and whatnot they like all of a sudden like they don't they can't eat what they usually been eating or they're not hungry or they're eating like they're craving like weird fried foods or they're just craving bananas um Mm. so there's been some kind of timeline readjustment on on how people are feeling the food so definitely for sure and then as you said with through my own experience like when i first went through my intense activations many years ago i went through um, an abusive relationship and then when i came out of that for the first like few months to a year i had so many women that came to me that had gone through the same thing and that had come out of it and then i assisted and i helped and still now to this day i get you know some people to help um in that way so because I had quite a lot of very intense experiences in my life. Um, and <laughs> my guides always said to me, they like, no, no, this is part of your contract. This is because you need to help. Um, mm. Your lessons are going to be, you know, um, in a way so that you live them quite deeply so that you can understand. Because I think you can relate only to a certain extent through something that you haven't been through, if it makes sense. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's like... I mean, hell, like for an example, the example you brought up, like an abusive relationship, I would be like, I would feel so inadequate to even just help the first person with something like that. I mean, like, like I have a rough guess and I could kind of figure it out maybe, but like, you know, by all stretches of the imagination, I would kind of feel like a fraud at some level. If someone was like, oh, I'm an abusive relationship, I'd be like, oh yeah, you should just leave it. And it's like, no, you don't understand. You know, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. I don't fucking understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, so then this actually is kind of an interesting corollary that we can spin back into with your daughter because, and this is kind of interesting, right? Is like, you're you're talking about how you cleared the karmic baggage for her to come in. If, like, how does this kind of tie into helping, right? Because I feel like, you know, at some level, if you have no karmic baggage, then it does elevate you, right? You, You feel lighter, you're at a higher frequency, 
But if you don't have these physical, let's say, karmic lessons that you're learning on this physical plane, then how would it be that, you know, she'd, and maybe the answer is just that she would be helping in a different way. But how do you visualize even that her um, places? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, she'll still have lessons to go through. She's just not carrying that baggage that we would be carrying perhaps from past lives or from karma that hasn't been neutralized. It doesn't mean that she hasn't had the karmic experience. The karma is just in balanced within her system and not out of balance. We come here with karmic baggage to neutralize it and to balance it. When they come here with clear karma, it doesn't mean that they haven't necessarily had the experience or that they're not going to have it. It just it just means that it's neutral. Does it make sense? Uh I might need to explain a little bit more. So um, or like I might need to ask you to explain a bit more. <laughs> but so it's like it's more that she's not taking on your karma, for instance, and she just only has hers to deal with when she comes in? Is that uh, kind of the no, way? It's it's basically like, okay, so if you imagine karma being an energetic reverberation, so let's say um, in a past lifetimes, I was a murderer, okay? I used to kill people. It's a very extreme case, okay? I don't deal with that karma. I come in this lifetime still carrying the karma of the lifetime where I had murdered people. So how would I neutralize to an extent that in this lifetime? Um, I would either have to like have really intense lessons if I, you know, wasn't listening, or I would, I don't know, for example, become a doctor. So I would help heal people. So I would start balancing out the karma from that previous lifetime. But if I would have had a past lifetime where I was a murderer and the one after it, I was a nurse. So I was helping and healing. And those two balanced out, I would come into this one with clear karma. Does it make sense? Mm. Yeah, because you're yeah, I, I get that. You're you're kind of on this like pivot almost of uh experiencing almost the opposite, right? I, I yeah, yeah. I, I think it's kind of hard to put words into it, but I get that. But so then so then how does that then relate in regards to I guess your your daughter, for instance, right? Like if like so using the murder example, like hypothetically and Maybe we shouldn't use your daughter specifically for this, but hypothetically, if somebody, um, you know, was a murderer and then they were brought into this life, but you were helping to clear their karma before they came into it, how does that, how does that almost work? Because like a, my mind, and maybe this is like the three dimensional mind stuck in this reality, but it, it feels as though, as though you need to experience that healing or do that healing in this three dimensional plane to achieve that so, neutralization. So I'll explain to you. It works differently with a child and it works differently from a family member. So I'll give you an example. Okay. So when it comes to the child, because the soul hasn't come in yet, you can clear on an energetic perspective. You don't have to clear necessarily in the 3D. However, this is something that happened to me. So my grandmother was very sick about two years ago. Um, she was sick for about three years, like very sick, like body deteriorating, like she couldn't get up. She was in pain constantly, constantly, constantly clearing very intense karma. And at one point, so she died in October of 2021. And I think around April of 2021, I said, listen, guys, I was speaking to my guides and hers. And I said, can she pass on? I really want to help her. What can I do? Um, is there anything? And they said to me, if you want her to pass on now, you can take on her karma, but then you'll have to deal with it in this lifetime. And I was actually like, no, okay, I'm going to send her love. I'm going to send her healing. I'm like, I'm already doing enough. So I was given that choice. 
Um, but it would have had to be dealt with in the third dimensional density and reality because that was kind of like how she was dealing with it. Um, if it makes sense, does this kind of answer your question? Yeah, I guess. I guess it's just like a difficult thing to conceptualize, and maybe it's just the level of understanding either that we're at or the nature of the conversation. But so it does seem like so like. I mean, do you have maybe like a, a visualization that could help me out with understanding, I suppose, the difference between it being the difference between it being a child, right? Or even a, a spirit that hasn't come into the body yet. Why is it that you could energetically work on that spirit as opposed to maybe a physical, you know, a spirit that's physically anchored into this reality? Does that make sense? Because yeah, because if it's already anchored in, then they must do it themselves. The soul hasn't come in. It doesn't have a physical body to, to an extent, do it themselves yet, if it makes mm. sense. So, and being the mother, having it within you, it's almost like the souls are almost one to an extent until there is kind of like that physical separation. Um, but there are children now that are coming in with like completely no karma, not even like karmic experience. They are literally like new souls. Um, it isn't my daughter's case, but there's a lot of them that are coming through. And in that case, um, you wouldn't really have to do anything except clearing your own. But what also, it's very, it's complicated. Like it's very complicated <laughs> because then what can happen is if you haven't cleared part of your own, you can actually pass it on to her because your soul and her soul are connected when they're within your body. The same um, with the father as well. But if you know what you're doing, then you can you can clear it. But it's yeah, it's difficult to conceptualize because it's kind of like all like there's nothing you know tangible to an extent. So it's all and even for me, like I'm still learning how to you know um, work with these things and work in these realms and work you know outside of of, of what is our third dimensional density and reality. And what I've learned is through my own experience, through clients through, you know, visions, through my guides and whatnot. But I'm sure that there's so much more out there and so many more people who have been kind of like doing this also for long. Another example that I can give you. So what I'll do is when I go into a healing with a client, so I do Akashic and karmic clearing. It's part of what I offer in my services. So I'll go in, I'll go into the Akashic records. And for those um, who are listening that don't know what the Akashic records are. It's basically like kind of like a database, which is outside of space-time continuum. So it's outside of any of the dimensions. It's, imagine it almost as like a parallel universe, like if that helps, um, which contains all the information of all the possible timelines, um, of all the universes. It's, it's kind of like this huge database of everything sort of thing. And um, how I understand and work with it is you actually go, you request, and then there's actual guides there that manage it, and then they bring you information. Anyway, long story short, when clients come to me and they come for karmic clearing and Akashic clearing, what I do is I go into their Akash, I see what experiences are causing them blockages in this lifetime. So let's say they have a blockage in the root chakra because they were an orphan who was abandoned. The parents died in a car crash. They're feeling guilty subconsciously, and this is stopping them from feeling safe and secure within this lifetime. I go into that experience 
I bring it out and I say it to them and I explain it to them. I clear the timeline myself as well. I physically actually go in and I actually pull it out and unravel it. That's what I do. I see this kind of like thing and then I unravel it. Um, I open, I bring in the soul fragment that could have been broken off within that experience. I anchor it within their system and then I tell them what happened and then they also need to do their own work. They also need to go in and sit with the experience, send love, send healing to neutralize it. So this would be a more practical way to an extent of to do this in this lifetime. That's pretty crazy work. It's a lot, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can explain more if you need me to. Um and it's a lot, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm trying to I guess figure out if other people would I, I mean I I kind of get it, but it's like almost in like this abstract sort of way. It's almost like it's almost like we like can we know two plus two equals four, right? But it's kind of like when you're going through that there's, there's like a piece of me that's like, okay, like I I internally get it, but like then once I try to like put my mind to it and conceptualize it, it's kind of like it starts to almost fade away from me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But to me, this is also the beauty of, you know, being in this line of work and being in this understanding because it's trust. It's mm. trusting, it's trusting yourself, it's trusting in those higher realms and energies and understandings. And you don't have to, you know, necessarily always understand it it's feeling it's being it's heart-centered um it's compassion it's emotion you know and it's also self-trust and self-love um and practice i guess as well but um yeah i think there's a lot of areas out there that still um, need to be explored and i think it's really beautiful that more is opening up i mean the akashic records have been around i think since the 1920s like there's like um, Edgar Cass, there's a lot of people who had written about them, some contemporary and some older um, writers as well. Um, so that is a concept that's been around for quite some time. I think people have their different takes on it, um, but it's it's been around for, for long. Yeah. Well, just to clarify, you're saying that the knowledge of the Akashic Records has been around yeah. since the 1920s, not that yeah. they just started recording in the no. 1920s. <laughs> <laughs> just put that no, out there, just a quick little yeah 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 of course yeah thank you <laughs> well let's let's pivot this back then then to the actual physical realm because that's a little bit more tangible maybe and something we can kind of grasp onto a bit more i remember remember when we talked about initially talked you were saying that this whole thing with like light language was something that wasn't coming to you and i believe you were saying because you didn't have the the muscle mass or the body in order to hold that frequency or that energy are you able to kind of like walk us through and first of all am i remembering that correctly yeah kind of sort of kind of <laughs> okay. yeah, it's, it's been a little while so, since we talked about it <laughs> it's okay it's okay yeah so basically what happened with me is i was channeling light language and because i was doing lives with like two three four hundred people i was actually told by my guides to put on some muscle mass on my physical body to be able to withstand the channel so what i do when i channel i'll bring in from up and then it will come out through my heart center or through my hands and through my physical vessel in different forms of life and codes, sacred geometry and things like that. Um, so 
if you want it, okay, so I teach how to channel. I hold masterclass on learning to channel and learning to channel light language. It's not really learning. It's kind of like a remembering. Um, but understanding that to be a clear channel, um, there are certain things, you know, that you need to, you know, like um, to an extent, I don't want to say sacrifice because it's not a sacrifice, but your vessel needs to be very clear. So nothing that pollutes your system, no alcohol, no smoking. I mean, ideally also no coffee and um, just being really as healthy in your body and in your mind like your the way you portray yourself the way you carry yourself as a human being needs to be in alignment with the work it is or what it is that you do so with me um i actually um activated around 2018 but i have been um getting psychic vision and intuition since i was a child this episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by the official Traveling to Consciousness app, available on the iOS and Google Play Store. On this app, you're going to get exclusive content from articles to meditations to anything else that Clay is going to put out. Here is the also where you're going to find the only place to find the ad-free versions of the podcast. You're also going to be able to get the podcast at earlier dates than normal, the free release version of it. So the traveling to consciousness podcast app i highly suggest that you download it because it's the only way that i suggest that you listen to it and what's even better is that the company is always making updates so please let me know if you personally have a recommendation and we can get that in there so remember download the traveling to consciousness app so that you can get early releases you can get the video format you can get it ad free and so much more so since i was a young child i'd get like prophetic dreaming um, or, you know, psychic messages and understandings and whatnot. Um, I blocked it out. Like in my teens, I went through kind of like phases and then around my early twenties or so, it kind of started coming back. Then I had quite like a few intense life experiences. I had like, like a near death experience as well, um, which really changed my perspective on a lot of things. And then that's when like my big healing started around, yeah, 2017, um, into 2018 and then 2018 my light language activated um, and I was activated through uh, it was quite intense I had a few intense experiences I was actually in the desert at kind of like the burning man of South Africa and I had like maybe five or six different light language channelers which at the time was like unheard of because like it was you know like five six years ago and they all worked on me so I had like a very, I was Jeez. blown open basically. Yeah, I was blown open. And then I had a few experiences with plant medicine as well. I worked a little bit with the hape, which is like the shamanic tobacco. Um, and that was quite intense. That was very um, clearing for me. And then, yeah, and even if you go and see in my channelings back in 2018, it's different to how I channel now because then obviously my channel has evolved and changed. Um, and you can still obviously see that it's me, but it's just, it's it's expanded um, I, as has, you know, my life and my own experience. But I think when it comes down to channeling, this is what I always say, anyone can channel. We all have a chakra system. We all have an energy field. If you want to learn how to channel and anyone can learn how to channel information. Anyone can connect to their guides. Um, our, we are a perfect machine that can tune into any vibration or frequency. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you're out and um, 
someone next to you is drinking, you know, and you don't want to drink. Um, if you tune in, you can feel drunk just by tuning into the vibration of his frequency next to you. Does it make sense? So that's to the extent that you can experience anything. So for me now, um, I really like if I want to feel or understand something, um, whatnot, I'll just tune into the experience of it. And through the vibrational reverberation of the frequency, I can feel it within my system. Mm. Yeah, the alcohol one definitely hits home with me. I know I've even talked about other people have experienced this as well, where you go out at night, don't even have a sip of alcohol, only drink water, but you're hanging out with friends. You want to relate to them. You're hugging them. You're laughing. You're making jokes. And then you wake up the next morning and you feel like you, you know, blacked out, drunk, hung up. You know what I mean? And it's very fascinating how like that's a, I think that's probably a perfect example of how, you know, you can share energy, let's say with people or even have an experience without doing the physical substance that would, let's say, ignite that feeling or even, even the after effects of such a, you know, profound thing, such as like alcohol, for instance. Yeah, I think like the important thing is to do it through choice. So what you're speaking about is picking up someone's vibration or frequency because you haven't maybe shielded or aren't grounded in your sure. own. Right. So um, that is something also that is super common. I actually uh, published an ebook two years ago on energy cords. And another example would be you're at the supermarket and all of a sudden, like, you're angry for no reason and you don't understand why. And then the person in front of you just had an argument with their wife or with their husband and you're picking up on that vibration. So that's kind of like, I like to call them collective cords, things that you can pick up. And this is a big problem with the star seeds right now because they're all empaths. And what happens is no one is teaching in school that you need to actually shield your frequency when you are going into certain places, not out of fear, obviously always out of love. Um, but I have a very practical, structured approach to spirituality for as much as it can be, you know, structured because of the subject of spirituality. But, um, you know, if everyone would get taught in school how to manage and deal with their energy, we wouldn't get um, mental conditions. We wouldn't have all these people, you know, with these mental conditions that they have. We wouldn't have people with depression. We wouldn't have people with nervous breakdowns because all this is is people that are not able to handle um, what is coming at them from an energetic perspective. Um, so let's say you're going out again, exactly as you said. So maybe it happens once or twice and then you're fine and you're okay with it. But um, someone who is either more fragile or their energy field is more open because they are very sensitive, because they're an empath, or because they've lived on other planetary um, constellations where the vibration is so high that they don't need to defend themselves from envy, anger, fear, or these low vibrational frequency emotions. So then they come here to have the human experience and all of a sudden they're bombarded with like jealousy and anger and backstabbing and whatnot, and they don't know how to handle it. So if everyone would just apply like one mindfulness practice in the morning, which would just to be cover yourself in white light, then it would make a huge difference um, to the imbalances that we have in society. It's really cool. So is that, is that kind of what I guess you would suggest? I'm gonna have to look for that ebook first of all, but second of all, is that what you would like suggest to people? Like, you know, when we're doing our stretching routine in the morning is to yeah. visualize some like white light, just kind of a shower of white light that we're in. 
Exactly. Exactly. Just like that. And you can um, shield and protect your house, your loved ones, your car, um, really anything. Adding like just a small mindfulness practice like that will make a huge difference. And it's what I teach um, to my clients who come to me as well. Or even things like while you're showering, imagine the water like cleansing you off at the end of the day of any stress, any trauma. This our visualization, our intention is the single most powerful thing that we have with it. We can really do anything. So, um, yeah, just even like imagining your vibration rising, even just imagining that you are in this bubble of light and of love um, will really set a tone for you throughout your day. So here's an interesting question that was kind of coming through here. I have a feeling I know your answer, but Damn it! I hate. I don't like whenever I press it, preface it that way. So I apologize. How do you get away from doing that? Um, <laughs> sorry, that's just like a personal podcast interview <laughs> thing I, I'm working on. <laughs> uh, disregard that. Okay. So in regards to this, the the visualization, uh, I know that in our 3D physical reality, we tend to say that, or tend to experience it in the sense that you know, it's like that placebo effect of like, if we believe we're going to have a good day, we're going to have a good day. If we believe we're going to have a bad day, we're going to have a bad day. Now where it gets interesting in my opinion is when you talk about, okay, you're in a white light. So then it like helps you to believe that you are protected and that all these things are going to occur. Do you think that it's just purely our subconscious belief that is creating this? Or is there actually a let's say external energy of white light that is shielding and protecting us? Um, well, nothing's external because we all part of source consciousness. So I think once you see as everything being a part of the one, then you don't really see anything as external. So I would say that, yes, it's us. Mm. Didn't make sense. Yeah. So it's, it's almost, the answer is that it's it's both. It's not either or. It's that it's and. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Gotcha. I guess that would. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's fascinating. I like that. I need to sit with that for a second. <laughs> let it sink in. Yeah. <laughs> I know someone out there is listening that needs to let that just sink in as well. <laughs> what I was also thinking of, and we're going back to how you were saying, like, from 2018, you had a kind of a different let's say channel versus now it's, it's different. Would you say that people who maybe this is the first time people have heard of you have come across you. Do you think that if they are in a certain place of, let's say energetic alignment that the 2018 videos would be more beneficial for them as opposed to where you're at now? Um, sorry. I don't understand. Can you can you just re-ask that if they are in what 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 do you mean by energetic alignment? Like here's the way I guess I'm kind of visualizing this. Like your vibration, I'm for sure has let's say increased from 2018 to 2023. So do you think that somebody who might not be at such a high frequency, who maybe is a little bit more baseline, who's kind of just diving into this information, would 2018 Altea resonate with them more than 2023 are no 
No, they could they can receive either way. Some some of the some of the people that are following me now go back to my videos from 2019 and hear the clearing from there. No, remember the codes work beyond space and time. That mm. was just to an extent my human pulling them through that I was speaking about, not the codes themselves. The codes themselves are working fifth dimensional density and above. So they not I wouldn't say that there is you know, better codes or worse codes or stronger codes or less stronger codes. It's just codes. You know, you know what I mean? It was my, um, my portraying of them as a human, um, you know, as they were coming through, that was different. So this is how you can um, understand it, like maybe like visualizing it. Um, so it's kind of like my channel uh, got more clear. Mm. to an extent but the the codes that were coming through will still be as beneficial if i go back and listen to a video of myself cleaning from 2018 it's still going to work gotcha so what so then when you say your channels become more clear is it more clear to you or more clear in the sense of like what you're putting out it's more clear to me okay. um and then i would say that yeah the difference would be that now i know um, I know if it's me, if it's a being, if it's my higher self, if it's technology that I'm that I'm channeling, I will know the difference. Meanwhile, when I first started, um, it was a little bit more difficult. To, it took me about six months to a year to understand more um, of what it is that was coming through. I did really trust, and my guides were like, "No trust, like it's okay." Like I thought I was going mental because you know <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't like they were. I mean. I think there were maybe like if you Googled light language at the time, there were maybe like five or six light language channelers. There's I think tens of thousands now that do it. Um wow. so so it was quite, yeah, it was quite it, it was quite uh it wasn't very known. I had a colleague of mine who had been channeling for a few years and he had known someone who'd been channeling for over 10 years. So I was in contact with people that had experience with regards to this. Um, but yeah, I would say that it took, it took a bit for me, you know, for my human to understand and for, um, how can I say my channel to fully integrate. So that's, so now my channel is fully integrated. What does that mean? It means that I'm constantly in channel. Um, it doesn't matter if I'm speaking to you, if I'm speaking to my child, if I'm speaking to, I don't know, someone at a supermarket, my channel's anchored in it before I would have to tune in and call it in. If it makes sense. It yeah. does make now sense. Now it's just integrated, yeah. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Conscious Technologies, LLC. Talk about an aligned company name. This company creating technology that will revolutionize the way that humanity is able to resonate or vibrate with the electromagnetic frequency of your phone, of your Wi-Fi router, of the light bulbs in your house, of really anything. What they do is they have created these amazing minerals, amazing units that you can either place on the back of your phone, you can wear it as a necklace, or they even have like little in-house generators, if you will, that can unify the entire field of an entire house. I've experienced these things in person and I unequivocally can tell you that it does something and it helps you feel more present more calm and more connected to the spiritual dimension, if you will. And I highly recommend that you also check out episode number 034, where I actually talked to one of the co-founders and it, it blew my mind away. One of my favorite episodes, 
where we actually get into how he creates it, why it's created. And, you know, if this wasn't enough of a sell for you, go check out that episode because I know that it will sell you after that. Conscious Technologies, LLC, harmonizing the planet one person at a time. That's something, who was I talking to? Oh, someone who I think you actually know, Erin Lyons. I had her on the podcast and she was. Yeah, we did some work together. Yeah, I think you guys did like an A&A or Q&A together or something. That's yes. cool. Yeah, yeah, we did a workshop and we did some lives together as well. I know Erin, she's lovely. She's super dope. And I think that was something that she brought up as well, where she was saying that she's like just like in her channel. And to me, I have, when did I, I quote unquote open my channel or I guess became attuned to it when, when was that? Less than a year ago, I think. It was definitely less than a year ago. And, and I'm kind of like, at, I was at that place when I was talking to her. I was like, I need to, I want to get in that spot where it's just like, I don't have to have like this invocation to open it up. I just want to kind of be in there. And so we had an interesting conversation about that as well. So what was like a, what was like a big pivot or how did you kind of find your way into, okay, I have this invocation. I need to get into my meditative state and then like, where was the, and maybe it was more than one thing, but like what pivoted you into now just embodying and just being the channel, let's say. So, I mean, I'm a very like, um, I'm an Aries. So for me, I'm like, Same. I'm a do person. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I like, it's like I, I started, I was like, okay, like I'm channeling. Okay. Let me start first with a YouTube channel, then with an Instagram. Then, so I just kind of like started throwing it all out there a little bit like blindly, like not knowing, you know what I mean? And then with time and trust and trusting myself and, you know, I'm um, working on clients and it's like everything, the more you practice, the better you get at it. It's like a sport, you know, you start then you're not so good and then you get better and then you get better and then you get better. It's the same with channeling and with having an integrated channel. And I think um, a lot of it comes down to, again, mindfulness practices, being in a space of objective observation and staying in a space of neutrality, staying outside of the polarity, not allowing for your emotions to take over. Um, and if they do, then dealing with them in a way that is healthy, um, you know, so uh, for me, yeah, and this is, and this is very interesting because this is also what the sadhus say in India, you know, they say that you meditate to then have that peace inside you. You can have that peace inside you without having to meditate six hours a day. <laughs> yeah. You can still, you know, you can still get to a space where, so when you get to that space and when you are embodied and anchored, and this is, it's, it's, it's interesting because me and Erin have had this conversation a lot of times as well, like with us as friends and then you'll know also um on lives and stuff um that it really comes down to the grounding to the being grounded and the being in the moment and the being embodied and present in the now if you do too busy worrying about the past or about the future then you're not going to be present in the now and only when you're present in the now you can see all the different possible timelines and make the choices that are then for your highest alignment. Because if you're too busy worrying, then the choice that is best for you might just, you know, pass in front of you and whatnot. And by being in that space of neutrality, you then start to align with a higher vibrational frequency, which then allows you to co-create your reality, to be embodied or, you know, to be in that constant flow space, I guess. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm kind of just giving people a couple seconds if they want to rewind that for two minutes and just listen to that again. 
because yeah, I think that's something I need to re-listen to as well. It's it's super powerful when those when you speak of it in like those terms. And so where my mind's kind of going is I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of gripping to whenever you said, you know, when you started this space, there was maybe only a couple, you know, five, six, seven people who were talking about light language. And now it's up to thousands, maybe tens of thousands, as you said. And where I'm trying to marry this with is that I know like English as a language, I think like modern English has only been around for maybe like, I don't even want to guess, but it's like less than a thousand years. I think like modern language that we're speaking English that we're speaking right now is like only a thousand years old. So with that being said, do you see the future of language shifting into a place where majority of people are speaking in light language? Like, and I don't know if you do, how long would that be? Or maybe it's not something that we would even be speaking day to day. I mean, I guess, you know, kind of just where do you see the future of light language going? That's an interesting question. Thank you for asking that because it's going to make, it's going to make me think as well. So, um, yeah, what I'm kind of getting is yes and no. So there will be like unifying, you know, on a collective level, the light language will assist in bringing, but for now it's more here for the healing and the way that it's going to be, there'll be universal understanding through emotion. So without even needing to necessarily speak, does it make Mm -hmm. sense? Like the language as we know will to an extent be bypassed um, and it will be into a space of more like emotion and frequency and vibration, which doesn't mean that, you know, we're going to stop talking. We're still going to be speaking and communicating, but because we will get sooner to a point where we can do that through psychic intuition than through a, a, a new language. Does it make sense? Yeah, like telepathy almost. Yeah, and like feeling and knowing. And this is also when I teach my um, masterclass on channeling, I explain there is, um, you know, there's the five clairs which correspond to the five senses. And then there is the sixth sense, which is the claircognizance, which is just that knowing. So it's just kind of like a knowing. And a lot of people have that and they're not aware of it. Like, you know, like uh, spiritual people or even like, you know, like uh, big successful people or um, people who like, you know, public speakers and speak and people who, um, uh, you know, kind of like have made something of themselves through like trusting themselves and knowing. Um, So that's kind of like where we are all heading towards, you know. It's super fascinating because what's coming to mind for me is even from a scientific or even as a uh, evolutionary perspective, it we started off without speaking, right? Like our very fundamental being was hand gestures, movement, the way our facial expressions are made. And it's and it was something I've even kind of been learning is like going through just like learning how to communicate with people because I personally I kind of joke about it. I don't know if people would take offense to this, but I kind of joke about how I feel like I'm autistic in some ways, like I'm somewhere on the spectrum. And I've always kind of seen that from like a social perspective of trying to figure out why do people speak the way they do? Why do people do what they do? And upon that learning, upon that investigation, I certainly found that speaking with your hands, it reinforces what you're saying and people like connect with it because they they can see what you're saying almost like with your hand gestures or by your facial expressions. Like if you deliver a joke and you're not smiling versus you are smiling. And so 
I find this all fascinating and I bring all this up because it seems as though we're almost based on your answer, we're going back to the beginning in a sense where we no longer will need language because of just the facial expressions I make or the hand gestures I make. There won't be a, almost a need for our, our vocal cords in a sense. Yeah. I think it will also come down to choice, you know, on an individual level. So it will come down to the choice of the individual. I think we will be presented with a lot of different options. It's very difficult to say from an evolutionary perspective, because there's so many different timelines at play right now, especially like in this year that has just started now. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, if we look at our um, galactic beings, um, you know, and our forefathers and our ancestors and, you know, our future selves and whatnot, they still communicate through sound. They just do it in a lot of different ways. And if they don't need to, they don't necessarily, you know, have to. If you look at um, when there was ancient Lemuria, um, they didn't really need to talk. They sung. They kind of like sang tunes and things like that. But everything was done through telepathy and they were super more evolved than what we are now. Do you know what I mean? So mm. I would say that um, because of the evolution, it's kind of like maybe goes also in cycles. Like, you know, they had that, then we had the fall of the Moria, then we had Atlantis and we had the fall of Atlantis. And then we had, you know, I mean, I'm not a historian, but then we had, you know, like the, the kind of like primitive humans that came and they didn't speak. And then now we start speaking. And then um, I guess the real abundance in it is getting to a space where we have the choice to speak or to not to speak, but still to be understood and comprehended. That's interesting. And so what's also coming to mind, and I don't know, this, this is an interesting question. I've never thought about this before. Do you think that the evolution of language has almost enabled us, and I'm going to need to phrase this a little bit, enabled us to lie in a sense? Because, you know, the way I'm looking at it, right, is like if we didn't lie at all, if we had no blocks, if we were just truly based on our intuition you know, you and I and anyone I come into contact with arguably would be able to just telepathically do it. Or I could just like look at them a certain way and they would understand what I'm trying to communicate versus if language is involved, it's almost feels like it's another sensory input that could confuse us in a sense, but behind the pure or true intention of what someone's saying. So I mean, I guess the question kind of is, and I have no idea if you'd have even an answer for this, is would language have helped us to lie or become more deceptive in our in our approach to interacting with other humans or even the world around us? Well, I guess it's part of the experience that we chose to have when we came here. Um, again, it's a choice. It's an option. You choosing to lie. You can choose not to. Um, blaming it on the language itself, I think to me would be kind of like shifting it onto, you know, like it's, it's more the intention that the individual has behind it, that the language itself, yes, the language, I guess, allows it to, but I think that if you'd want to uh, also lie on a telepathic or emotional level, if you're at that level of comprehension, I guess, to an extent you could do that, but you wouldn't do it because you'd be evolved enough to not need to do that does it make sense yeah yeah i don't know if this is an answer but yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> I don't, it seems like a weird question <laughs> it's just something that kind of came to me but yeah I, I get what you're saying like you could probably still find a way to lie like lie, I, and i guess i i didn't want to say that like language is the reason that people lie i would just guess 
it was more of like this like extra barrier of discernment, right? Because we just like intrinsically would be discerning on facial expressions or body language. But then when you add this layer of language, it might like almost mask it a little bit more. I don't, I'm not really sure. But that, yeah, but then I think you can also see it in the other way, like by the tone of the voice, then you can actually interpret if someone is lying or not. So it can also be a vessel to the truth. Hmm. I see what you're saying. Does it make sense? Like the language can actually help in, you know, seeing it in the opposite way, if it makes sense. Or maybe they're trying to lie, but they can't. And the way they're speaking it, then you're actually like the language is allowing you to see it for what it really is. Mm. Right. It's almost just like adding another layer or dimensionality into, into it. I guess if anything, I mean, you could make the argument that it might make lying even more difficult because of the fact that you don't only have to worry about your body language, you would also have to worry about the tonality, the words you're using. So I guess I could, you could see that going either way with that. Mm, yeah, but a very interesting question. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to explore, ponder that in my own <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> um, but something I am getting back to the physical, because I think that's something that might help ground this conversation a bit. Uh, we were commenting on the pyramid structure that you have behind yourself where it's like these copper wires. And if nobody's listening, it's almost like the, if you imagine like the great pyramid, it's almost like just the edges of it are in like copper is what it looks like. And there's like a little crown on top. And the first time that I ever heard of this was in regards to the law of one, where they were talking about how it brings your body into alignment. So that's whenever I first heard about this, and I quite frankly haven't heard of it, have never seen anything since then. So could you give us a little bit of a background on what that is, what it's doing, how it's aiding you? For sure. I've been working in pyramids for the past maybe six or seven years. I've had, I've got about six around my house. Oh, geez. Two outside for the house, yeah. This is my main one that I work with. Um, and yeah, so basically, okay. So the pyramid itself, it's almost kind of like creates a vortex of energy inside it. I don't want to say a portal because this is contained. A portal is a little bit more of a loose cannon. What I do is I actually program my pyramids energetically, which means that I'll sit in my pyramid, I'll do energy work, I'll do clearing, I'll clear people's system and whatnot. As I step out of it, whatever I've cleared will stay in the pyramid and the pyramid system will clear it for me. You can really put anything in the pyramid and make it last longer. You can put fruit, you can put crystals to cleanse them, like you can put flowers and they're going to last longer. They even have like a little tiny ones um, for like animals that animals can sleep in. My animals are constantly in my pyramid. I've put my cats out but I had both the cats in here earlier my dog comes here at night to sleep in the pyramid so it's almost like if you imagine like um, a a vortex of energy um, within it that's kind of like how it works there's a whole thing called pyramidology there's um, there's I don't know what they called but there's these guys that I follow on Instagram they're in the states and they uh, they make them also with like kind of like cold wires and crystals. And there's a whole like it's 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 become quite a big thing in the past um, few years or so. But yeah, it works very, very well for me. Like I even when I travel, I take one with me um, and it really assists me. Yeah, for sure. 
that's cool. So it can kind of just like close up super easily that you're able to kind of yeah, just this it. one. Yeah, this one kind of like they, they open and they bend. Um, so you kind of dismantle it and, and rebuild it. Yeah. And did you make this yourself or did you buy it somewhere? No, I ordered it. Yeah. Okay. I think you can find them like on Etsy or I think even on Amazon. Um, you can find them. Yeah. They're not that difficult to find. And they're very reasonably priced. Like one like this is like maybe $200 or something like that. So it's, it's really not bad, especially if you're using it for work. Do you have any sort of, uh, is there anything you got to look out for when you're purchasing one of these things? Anything like, are there certain dimensions that it needs to be certain sizing, some stuff like that, the material? Um, yeah, the copper would, be, I mean, ideally if you can get one like either in gold or, you know, <laughs> a really, really high vibrational frequency metal or platinum or something like that, or have them made out of crystals if you can. Um, but no, the copper one is fine. Uh, I think it really depends on what you prefer. You get ones where you can even lie in. Um, this one you mm. can sit in. You can, well, this one you can't stand in. I've got another one where you can stand in. This one's like, like maybe like 1.9 or two meters tall or something like that. But obviously because of the point, then you can't really like stand in it. Um, so I generally sit in it. Um, and then when I do in-person work, I put my clients in it as well. So I work on their system um, within the pyramid too. But I think, yeah, what calls to your heart and what resonates with you. Um, there's like, as I said, ones where you can lie down, like big flat ones, ones where you can fit two, three people in it. There's even ones that I've seen that you can hang and put them over your bed so you're in the pyramid when you're sleeping. What I do is I, I turn the lights off and I've got a candle going and then the candle reflects through the pyramid. So the actual pyramid structure is reflected on my wall against my bed when I sleep. So typically I do also sleep in it, yeah. Whoa, that's pretty cool. How did you come across this? How did you come across that, like, these pyramid things work? What was, like, your... I you actually, um, yeah, I had a, a friend of mine that was a sound healer who'd been importing them from, like, Eastern Europe for many years, and he'd been working in them, and he's got, like, 10 or 15 in his house and does these guided meditations. And then I tried one, and I was like, okay, I never want to live without one the rest of my life. <laughs> And since then, it's been like a love affair with pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> the rest is history. Literally. Well, so then that's interesting because it sounds like the geometry isn't that big of a deal from what you're saying. I know in the law of one, they were saying that like the geometry like is important for like healing and whatnot. But I guess in your experience, the geometry isn't a huge deal. Um, in what sense? No, the fact that it is a pyramid the geometry well, the activates the fact i guess like the angles of the of the edges of the pyramid oh oh um yeah not in my experience no i mean i work well with this one but i've also got one of the lower ones but i prefer working in this one okay. but i wouldn't know i'm sure that there must be some kind of difference but yeah, I work in this one. The other one I used to like relax and lie down and like de-stress for like my own thing. Um, so I guess maybe that would be a difference from the vibrational frequency of it. But because I program minds energetically, then minds are tuned to my vibration. It's been programmed. So I wouldn't know um, if you just get it like, like that. But probably there is, I'm sure there is a study um, behind what you're speaking about that for sure it has a relevance with the angle um, of the pyramid. Gotcha. Gotcha. So then when you're saying that you program it, is that kind of just like you going into meditative state and kind of 
working with it or like what is your programming process look yeah, like? Yeah, I do a bit of yeah, I do a bit of both. I'll go with my hands and I'll actually put coding in. So if you imagine me working on like a kind of like transparent screen, that's kind of like what I do. And then, yeah, I'll generally work with my hands. I'll either like walk around it and put light around it. And then I'll do a little bit of work on the top. And then I'll use some crystals maybe at the four corners, depending on it. I just, I program it once as soon as I buy it. And then I don't need to program it again anymore. Because once it's programmed, it's programmed. That's so and then cool. it just clears itself. Yeah. That's so cool. Because I'm, I'm, I mean, even as you're going about this, I'm thinking about just getting one for like right here so I can just podcast in the middle yeah. of a pyramid. Yeah. You, it'll change your life. Yeah. You'll sit in it and you won't want to podcast anywhere. I promise you. I'll take <laughs> <laughs> this pyramid everywhere with me. <laughs> Literally, it, it's, it, even if you, and, and then you can just message me and I'll program it for you. It's, I could do it remotely as well. Oh, so really? If you want me to, I can do that for you. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'd appreciate it. That. Does, it takes me like five minutes. So it's really not a problem. Um, but even if you don't have it programmed, it's, it's still going to like do the work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So what is like the in intention that you would go into like with programming it? Like, would I want to say that like the, the program of it is, is for podcasting or is it for like just being in my highest state of potentiality? Yeah. I think in your case, I would be, I would put a little bit of protection around it just in case, just so that you don't have like glitches or technology things or things, you know, that malfunction, things like that. And then for your highest alignment and then for your channel to be open and clear so that you can be clear and embodied when you're communicating so that the information that comes through is for the highest alignment of everyone who's listening. Mm. I know the listeners would be super grateful about the technology glitches <laughs> and preventing that from happening. Because sometimes these conversations get like very high vibe and then, you know, we're both in like this super high state and then it's just like, it's just crashes on us. It's like, fuck. All right. Well, we got to restart it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that'd be a big one. So that's cool. Um, what, uh, what was I thinking about? I was thinking about something with, uh, actually, I don't know what I was thinking about. What are you thinking about? <laughs> well, when it comes to glitches and things like that, um, I think it's important to, yeah, just like sometimes allow them. Um, sometimes it's blockages. So that's why something like a pyramid could assist you. I mean, I do gridding and shielding before I go on any podcast, any live, anything. I've got like two white candles lit, a blue candle for communication and incense. I've got crystals around my technology. I screen all my technology because mm. this thing here is a whole other dimension. So my computer, my phone, my mirrors, the television in the house, um, all my technology, what I do is I put platinum white light around it um, every now and then. And or even like, as I said, before I go on to like a podcast or before I go on to something that is live, before even I do my own lives. So even doing small things like that, um, I don't know if you already do anything like that, but even doing small things like that will assist in keeping the vibration stable so that the technology doesn't glitch. Because as I said, this is a whole other dimension where things can come in and out of it and can cause blockages and glitches and things like that. That's super interesting. I mean, I, I guess I've kind of sort of thought of it in that way. I I've done like a little bit of, I guess, energy work before like interviews and stuff. Like I'll burn some sage and be like, Oh, like, you know, welcome in my spirit guides, my guest spirit guides, if they wish. And, you know, try to like help guide us to make the best podcast possible. 
but what is this what is this thing with like the platinum white light that you're kind of speaking about with regards to surrounding the screens with it yeah it's kind of like the white light that you would put around yourself when you're shielding yourself mm. um just with the highest intention connected to source consciousness um or you can call on the archangelic collective and divine light and the angels can literally come down and shower you in light as well it's just really that pure light from the higher realms that you can call in okay and can can anyone do this even if they haven't opened yeah. their channel just yes. voice activate yes. Of course, anyone, even just by thinking, anyone can do it. Just by thinking, it just pulls it in. Yes, exactly. That's interesting because that was something I was thinking about recently where, and this kind of goes back to our conversation of like embodying our channel. And it was where I was like thinking about if I actually need to truly vocalize the intentions that I'm setting, or if I can just mentally be like, hey, like, you know, spirit guides or this person, like, hey, take care of this thing or help me in this situation versus actually vocally, you know, putting the vibration in my body and then externalizing it, if that made any sort of difference in in anything. Yeah, it does. And I'll also explain to you why, because this is something that I also um, teach and, and speak about a lot. So it's okay to think and to call in from up here. However, if you want to anchor the vibration into your reality, into third dimensional density, you want to speak it. And the reason I say that it's because you're anchoring. It's here. It's now. I'm calling in mm -hmm. the guides. You're here. Hello. Come here with me. Yes, you can call them up here as well, but it makes it that much stronger, that much more anchored. If you're calling them, I speak to my guides all the time. I wake up in the morning, I call on them, I speak to them like constantly. Like if someone looks at me, they I just look like I'm a, a mental person because <laughs> what I'm doing is like speaking, you know. Um, but in that extent, in my experience, it, it anchors it more. It does make a difference. It's not necessary. You can still, as I said, you know, call through through your third eye, through your psychic intuition through your mind but um calling in and asking you know for help and for assistance with your voice through your throat chakra it also helps in clearing your throat it also helps in using your throat you know what i mean so um yeah it's just an extra thing that can be done to assist that's super cool and so what are what are instances where you would want to vocalize versus times that you might just want to leave it unanchored like are there situations where you might not want to anchor in something and so you just kind of like leave it like through as a mind connection type thing versus no this is something that i really want to anchor in so i'm going to speak it out loud um i guess it depends on what you're asking um i mean ideally if you're asking for help with your guides you'd want them to be as present within you as possible Mm. So, you know, you'd want to speak it out. But then again, if you are in a meditative space where you're in zero point neutrality and you're a lot, you want to align with the vibration of something, then you don't really need to speak it. You just need to become that vibration. Um, so in that case, it's not really necessary. But to get to zero point neutrality, you need to obviously, you know, work through the meditation, be in that space where you're everything and nothing. And then once you're there, you become whatever it is that you want, but you do it outside of a space of attachment because, you know, if you do it with the with the want and with the need, then it becomes attachment, then it comes in a place space of which comes from a space of lack, which puts you back into the polarity. So uh, just tell me if you need me to expand on that, I can, because I know that it's quite <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I think that was uh, good. Uh, I think it'll just be something mm-hmm. that people need to just click, uh, go back yeah. 30 seconds and then just like re-listen yeah. to that. But even if you don't think you are understanding on a subconscious level, the information will integrate. Like that's something that I've also learned. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's always a cool one too. Cause I know I've seen some of your posts or your reels and energetically I'm, I'm kind of just like, eh, nothing really happened. But then there's some of them where I just like my whole body kind of just sits up a little straighter. I feel a little bit more energy coursing through me and I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that did something instantaneously. Yeah. Yeah. So it's different, you know, um, different people and different energy fields um, react in different ways. And I think, I mean, yeah, even with me, sometimes I'll, because I also watch my videos and I also watch my own work. And sometimes I'll feel it more. Sometimes I'll feel it less. Sometimes I'll feel it later. Um, so it, it really just also depends, yeah, in what space you are in at that moment in time. But on a subconscious level, you definitely are receiving anyway. Mm. Yeah, one question. We're going to topic switch it here a little bit because I think that was a beautiful way to summarize that specific thing. A question that I have kind of gotten away from in a couple of the past interviews, but I do love asking my guests is I'll tell you, whenever you were a child, maybe it was a parent, maybe it was a guardian, what was the, and they probably asked you, like, what was the first thing you wanted to be whenever you grew up? What was the answer that you usually answered that question with? That's so funny. I actually wanted to be a doctor. Really? Yeah. And I studied for like one year, I think, biomedical sciences. And then I was like, no, this wasn't for me. But I wanted, I always wanted to heal. In one aspect or another, I wanted to heal humanity. So for me, it's very much in alignment what I am doing now. Um, Yeah. So I think, I think it's a, thank you for asking that because it's actually brought me back. <laughs> it was a very beautiful feeling to feel. Hell yeah. Well, so then <laughs> I might have to shift away from the beautiful feeling. Cause you mentioned earlier <laughs> about how, if somebody uh, may have been a murderer in a past life, they might be a doctor in this life. Do you think there's a corollary there or is that, was that you or are you just um, pulling? So, okay. So, so no, I've I've had lifetimes where I was actually a nurse in the Second World War, which is quite interesting. Um, no, I've been doing energy work and healing for many, 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 many lifetimes. So I'll do cycles. I'll stay here maybe 5,000 years, then I'll go off. I'll work on different constellations and planets, and then I'll come back here. So this is what I've been doing mm. for most of my incarnations and existences. I've had lifetimes on the human experience where I've been kind of like, I had this one lifetime where it was like around medieval times, I was a drunk and I ended up like being shot in a fight. Um, and then I died and I had a son in that lifetime and I was a terrible father. Um, so, but I haven't had a, that I can remember or that I've worked through. I would probably know by now if I would have, I haven't had lifetimes where I was kind of like, you know, a murderer or anything like that. Um, But, you know, you also need to understand that because we are all part of source consciousness, it's kind of like, imagine this huge, um, this huge lake 
right? And you are a drop that comes out of the lake and incarnates in humanity. But at the same time, you're still part of the whole lake. So anyone can tune into any past lifetime of any soul. This is why there's like a hundred people, maybe a thousand people that says, oh no, I was Jesus. They're just tuning into the experience of that soul. And they can do that because they are all part of the source consciousness, if it makes sense. So that's kind of like um, where... I'm going to say the paradox, but where it comes into then knowing, okay, so is this my experience? Is this an experience that I'm having? Is this an experience that I had? Is this someone else's experience? Why am I seeing this? So it's kind of like a vast subject to 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 go in. But for me, like, yeah, I've had many lifetimes where I did what I'm doing now. I was doing this in ancient Atlantis as well. I worked with machinery there. I had many lifetimes. I also had a lifetime where I wasn't a very nice person. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Aquarius Mushrooms. And Aquarius Mushrooms creates what I can only describe as these fine art sculptures that are all one of a kind and these plush mushroom fabric sculptures. They're what I would describe as being like little trip buddies. They're perfect for anyone who has a room that is dedicated to spiritual adventures or anyone who is looking for a fine piece of art that is one of a kind. I think I said that, but one of a kind to enhance their psychedelic experience. I'm sober and I look at mine all the time and it just oozes out this creative and spiritual energy that I it's hard for me to stop looking at sometimes. And so if you are on even maybe just smoking some weed, like I can only see how this thing would open up a portal to a new world. So I highly recommend that you click the sponsors link below, scroll down where you see Aquarius mushrooms, click their website and see if any of them speak to you. Because if it does, I can only imagine how it's going to speak to you in the real world. Aquarius mushrooms, mushrooms for the new age of enlightenment. Um, there as well. So I've kind of seen... Uh, uh, different sides of me, if it makes sense. But um, I would say that, yeah, I've I've neutralized most of my, well, yeah, I've neutralized my earthly karma. I've So the way it works is you kind of like you get here for people who have had a lot of incarnations, you get here, you first start remembering and dealing with your karma in this lifetime. So if you create, if you were a mean person here, you clear, deal with that one month. Once you're done with that, then you start seeing the past lives on earth. And then you're like, okay, I'm doing this. Then once as a human, so past lives on earth as a human. Once you're dealt with those, you start seeing the past lives on earth as a non-human being. So as a high vibrational frequency being or a being of some sort, which lived on earth. Once you've done with that, then you start seeing your life off planet as a galactic being doing the karma in that aspect on the different like constellations and whatnot. So then you need to kind of clear with that. So it doesn't really end. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps going forever and ever. <laughs> so that's from my experience. Yeah. And from what I've seen on um, people as well, some have more, some have less. Um, it's if you, you know, if you're a being who's had, you know, a lot of lifetimes and you're a starseed and whatnot, it's actually impossible to achieve full soul fragment retrieval within this lifetime because the physical body couldn't be able to hold um, all of that, all of that, you know, soul capacity that would be from a high vibrational frequency being. So you can just, so kind of, it means that the healing doesn't really end. You just kind of get better at it and it kind of gets easier. So that phrase, that's the first time I ever heard it, soul fragment retrieval. 
So basically what happens is when you have, um, so first of all, let me just start by saying that you're whole. It's not like you're missing parts of your soul um, and you can't be complete with that. You are already whole. You are already complete. You are already perfect. So this is just very important. What happens is when you have traumatic experiences in other lifetimes or in this lifetime as well. So I'll give you an example. Um, when I had that lifetime that I was shot, I was shot dead. Um, and it was very traumatic and it's almost like um, a little fragment of your soul can actually break away. doesn't mean that you're not whole, you're still whole, okay? So by going into that experience, what happens is you reintegrate that part of the soul. I'll give you, you're going to love this example. So I had a lifetime where I was mermaid and I would, I would have this beautiful voice that could sing. I was like a singing mermaid. Um, and I was massacred. I was massacred. I was killed in a very brutal way. Um, and this, this came up and then I was in, in this human lifetime of now, I was taken through a series of events, um, to this venue on this beach where I relived this massacre, right? So by me reliving it on an emotional level and seeing it and then crying, and then I integrated that part, soul fragment of myself as I integrated that my like language in singing started opening and I started singing like like high vibrational frequency vocal notes from that lifetime from integrating the soul mm. fragment. So when you do the soul fragment retrieval, you can also integrate um, different abilities and psychic intuition and things that you had in other lifetimes. That's interesting. That's interesting because it's reminding me I had a uh, dream I work a lot with my dreams and I had like this dream intention where it was like, if I was going to always be joyous, what would I remember about myself that I don't remember now? And throughout the course of the dream, it basically played out. It, it was with people in this current lifetime, but I think it was probably, it, I mean, it was from a past life because I got the intuition that, you know, I got sh basically killed very instantly. Like I was shot, like not ready for it, shot in the head and it kind of like startled me. But then whenever I woke up, I was like just filled with joy, which was like such a profound thing, right? Like I, I remembered this past life where I knew that I was shot in the head instantly, like not ready for a kind of deal. And yet I woke up with all this joy, which seems like a crazy thing, but it, it sounds super familiar to kind of like what you're saying here, where just almost the remembrance of something like that, like, you know, you were a singer. And so I'm sure there must've been some sort of connection with singing and then the way you were killed where you're like okay don't sing singing bad singing you know is going to have me die in this crazy way but then just that remembrance is like oh no it had nothing to do with singing like you're totally good yes exactly yes totally and what you're saying is basically what happens in the astral is because in fourth dimensional density there's no limitation of time so if you imagine um the dimensional densities this is not soul densities. This is like physical densities. So in the first dimension, something just is. In the second one, it overlaps. It is and it has consciousness of being. In the third one, it is that has consciousness of being. It can take action, which is third dimensional density and reality, but is limited by the constraints of time and space. When you access fourth dimensional density, so your astral space, 
you are not limited by time. Time is fluid. You can manifest instantly, right? Mm-hmm. But you're still limited by space. You still need to walk, fly, you know, or move into places. So what happens in our astral realms, our guides, our higher selves, even us, we relive and experience these experiences so that we can clear them quickly because there is no limitation of time. So we get sent these uh, traumatic experiences to relive them or even like just a silly example, you, um, I don't know, had a fight with someone in high school and you were traumatized by it. And then all of a sudden in your 40s, you dream of it. Okay. Um, why does that happen? To neutralize that experience, it would be too complicated for you to call up that person or them to call you and say, hey, I'm sorry for the fight we had back in high school, you know, for you to clear that. So it gets sent to you in the astral space because it can be neutralized without the limitation of time and it's a lot easier. So it's a very powerful healing space, the astral space. So that's what happened with you probably. That's fascinating. It's also funny because last night I had a lot of dreams about high school friends. So I think it's hilarious that you're you <laughs> bringing up high school down. I'm like, shit, like, was she, was she in my dreams last night? Are you there? <laughs> Maybe. So I don't know what's going on with that. That was something I was going to figure out today was why are all these people from high school still popping up? But I think it's probably super similar to what you're saying right here, right? Where it's like, there's some sort of energetic imprint that was imposed to me. There's maybe something around the questions that I'm looking for that need to be sort of integrated or like explored maybe a little bit deeper to fully embody it, or maybe they already have, you know? And so I guess that's interesting is do you, are you aware of like when you actually need to physically do things in this dimension or in, okay, let me back up a little. Are you aware of things that need to be integrated that you got to physically do in this dimension or that your light language has just automatically cleared? Does that make sense? Like if, if you're, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of like if I know my lessons. Yeah. Like do, do you need to physically act out something in this dimension versus, oh, I, I did the light language protection. Uh, yeah, no, I won't. It'll be sent to me. Um, It'll be either sent to me in the astral. I mean, I obviously have lessons and experiences that I need to go through. And that comes down to the karmic ones in the karmic ties and the soul ties. So with other people, um, with either helping them or things like that. Um, but when it comes to my own things, no, it's either astral or, yeah, or I'll, I'll do it myself or they'll send me in meditation um, and then I'll send love and healing to the situation and to whatnot so yeah Mm. so it's very much at this point just a uh almost like a spiritual type practice it's not really like you have to really do too much physical things at this point to shift those lessons it's more of a energetic work um yeah i would say yes i would say that my physical um you know experience is to stay in compassion and gratitude and non-attachment that would be my you know my day-to-day job (laughs) (laughs) to be able to be in the space where i can receive these things um and clear them on a space which isn't third dimensional density and so as you're kind of like holding that that frequency right that higher frequency of uh, compassion and love and surrender and non-attachment do you do you kind of get led to these experiences kind of like you were saying on the beach because it, it seems like something that you wouldn't like intentionally be like oh there was a mermaid past life i need to heal this but it kind of just like does it kind of just unfold for you yeah. whenever you're in that space of yeah. surrender 
Yeah, I kind of constantly trust and follow my intuition. So this was like a, like an event that it was actually like in another country. It wasn't even here. Mm. Um, it wasn't far. Like we drove there. And then once I got there and I know, so I knew that there was work for me to do there. I didn't know what it was. Um, so, and then when I got there, I was like, uh, okay. And this other friend of mine who also got there, I said this to her and I said to her, and she was also there. And then when I said it to her, she started crying because you started healing cool. that lifetime as well, which was very interesting. Yeah. So, I'll know that there's specific areas I'll get sent to them um, to do specific work. I'll work on the planetary grid as well. So I'll get sent into areas where there's people and then work on the actual grid of the planet to raise the vibration or to clear the karma of the land as well. So I kind of get sent around. So I kind of know and then I kind of like start doing and then as I'm doing, I get told do this, do that or, you know, work with the moonlight or work in the sunrise or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, but again, that's come with, you know, years and practice and, and time. Yeah. Gotcha. It was just something that's kind of like developed as it's kind of gone along. That's super cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's super cool. It seems like there's just like little like trigger points that almost like bring these things back that you're not, you're not like consciously aware of, but then there's like little like things that pop up along the path where you're like, oh, I wonder why that's happening. And then it like unravels a little deeper. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I would say that it would be like that. Um, or people get put in my path. And sometimes, you know, it's, you know, for helping them. Sometimes it's for me to uphold a boundary. Um, I guess it's, yeah, I guess it, it's 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 almost like a video game that you get given the choices and the options. And mm. then, you know, you need to pick the one that's best. And then through that, you know, you're assisting, you're assisting. I mean, for me, it's more collective level work even when i cleared the massacre yes it was part of me but it was a collective clearing that i did um that i was a part of and um, when it comes to my own personal and individual yeah i don't i mean that mermaid one is a good example because i was sent there for myself but that doesn't really happen that often it's more like you know like clearing you know spaces where maybe there was like a battle or like people dying or like going to event, public events with lots of people and um opening channel in order to what i do on a physical level when i go to some places is my whole channel my whole system goes into crystalline structure and becomes one big chakra it's kind of like if you imagine like a tornado like a tornado field. And then I start sucking in people's like low vibrational frequency things. And then I transmute it and convert them and I send them up into light. Mm. Um, so that's kind of like the work that, that I do when I go into spaces as well. So I'll work like at events where there's a lot of people and things like that. That's cool. Are these spaces that people would like invite you into or is it kind of just you find yourself there and you're like, oh, I need to do some work? I get called, yeah. No, I, it's, yeah, I get called to like, it's like festivals. Like I'll go to like festivals with like three, 4,000 people and then channel and clear mm. the space and things like that. Yeah, it'll be like that. Sometimes it's even if I'm like in smaller spaces, like sometimes I'll just, my sister, like they'll, yeah. It's funny because sometimes they're like, you clear and I'm like, no. I'm not working. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be human for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, but sometimes I'll be sitting in a bar and they'll and then I'll start just clearing because there's someone next to me who really needs the help. 
Mm. So I'd kind of like, I tend to try and keep my channel closed if I'm out and doing my own things because I'm constantly clearing throughout the day. Sometimes when it's full moon or new moon, I'll sit in my pyramid and I'll cry for like an hour and a half and I'll be clearing for the oppressed women who were murdered when they were trying to obtain the right to vote. And that's something that needed to be cleared of the collective. So if you imagine it like, uh, me being some kind of like antenna and whatnot. And because of the frequency that I have and that I hold, then I can hold these kind of like larger experiences within my system because of the vibration that I'm holding. So then they kind of get sent to me and then I kind of clear them and release them. But then sometimes I need, you know, a little bit of time to like sleep and rest and recover. Um, so it can sometimes take a, a toll on the physical level as well. That's super fascinating too that you mentioned this because I've I've even thought about this at like a kind of a grand scale, you know, with regards to like these massive issues that we're exploring, right? Like whether it's oppression of women, you know, oppression in America at least of African Americans, of uh like the whole, let's say, fascist movement or Nazi, you know, these grand scale big system ideas and ideas and let's say collective awareness that we're either trying to prevent or trying to reconcile or trying to heal. And it sounds like you're, you're at a point with your channel where it could just be an individual person, but you also can take on these <sighs> traumas that are, are a part of like the, the human psyche, like the overlying human psyche that are almost embedded in, in everybody and they're infected almost and maybe it's not everyone but it's a huge majority of people that are that this idea penetrates and has a strong energetic attachment to you're able to even kind of take that idea and work with it at just like you're at almost the collective level yeah it's, yeah it's a collective clearing yeah it's literally it's literally collective clearing that i could yeah and I've been doing this even before I knew what it was. I was already doing it. Now I just know what it is that I'm clearing when I'm clearing it. And now I can say, yes, no, I want to clear. Or I'll sit and I'll be like, okay, guys, what is it? Send it through. Okay, like I'm open, send me, you know, whatever. And then I'll clear it. Uh, but yeah, so so um, I guess even that understanding also comes a bit with time and experience. Um, but I... Uh, you need to have very firm boundaries to be able to do something like that because if you're very open and compassionate, which I am, um, but if you are empathy without boundaries is self-destruction. So this is a problem now with a lot of star scenes. They're picking mm. up on these things, but they're not firm or structured in their boundaries. So it kind of goes hand in hand. The level at which I can clear is directly proportionate to the level at which I can say no. Mm. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Revive CBD. Now I know what you're thinking. Another CBD product. And typically I would completely agree with you. I've gone through all my trials and tribulations with CBD products, but this CBD cream is unlike anything else. Honestly, I don't know what it is, but there's something in the technology of it that it helps absorb into your skin and actually get to the place that aches and soothes your muscles almost instantaneously. It, it's close to instant. It's probably about a five to 10 minute activation that I've noticed, but sometimes it goes a little bit quicker. And so I know it can be difficult for the find the right one, 
one. And this was my personal favorite that I found after long enough. (laughs) I don't want to go back to that dark time, but I found it. It works amazing. And the creator of it is an incredible guy. So I highly recommend you click the sponsors link below, click on the revive CBD tab and get yours today. Revive CBD, feel better, live better, all premium, all natural CBD products. I need to hold on to that for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because I've seen a lot of that in my life as well, where it's weird, right? And this might be one of those great paradoxes of the universe that come up every now and then, which is, you know, you would think that by saying no to things, whether it's in my line of work, being on a podcast or someone coming on to my podcast or financial opportunities. And it's almost like, it's almost like we think that if we say no to an opportunity then, or a person even that there's no potentiality for the universe to like reshape that and then bring it back to us almost tenfold, if that makes sense. And, and it's interesting to hear the way that you are seeing it in your in your work, because it's almost like by saying no to certain energies or frequencies, it's allowing you to tap into a higher one for yourself as well. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Boundaries are the highest form of self-love. If you're not solid in your boundaries, you you cannot pour from an empty cup. Mm. You need to come first and you cannot go around helping people if at home you don't have a situation that allows you to be at peace with yourself or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Um, so it, it, it comes down to, yeah, saying no, really saying no. And if anything, if I can give a piece of advice to, you know, the people listening out there, rather overdo your boundaries first and then take them down instead of being too, you know, open and, and to, you know, still, being compassion, still care about everyone, don't let it affect you. Don't let it drain you. Don't let it suck energy from you. Don't have attachment to it. And it's difficult. Like it's it's not easy because it requires self-discipline and you can only really meet the experience to the depth at which you've met yourself. And it's the same for channeling. Your channel is going to be as clear as to the depth to which you've met yourself and to which you've done work on your system. Again, I'm just going to leave some space for that to just yeah, please. settle in. Of course. It's fascinating because it feels like what's coming up is like that almost like pushing that pendulum that over that over amount like it, so many people i mean myself included in the past have maybe more so take this back step of just letting so many people kind of kind of push over you almost so that it you need to experience like pushing back saying no to more things so that you are able to kind of find that balance point and and i think something that might know that certainly probably needs a little bit more emphasis in this conversation is the ability to set boundaries with compassion because i'm sure that you know you think boundaries it's like closed off it's no it's finite it's it's almost mean right because i mean a huge part of our society right now says we need to be inclusive we need to bring everybody in we need to help everybody 
and yet that's almost that almost feels like it comes from a place of incompassion or a lack of a lack of uh empathy yeah but almost like a a childlike state of not being able to actually help right it's like it's almost like this feeling of okay we need to help everybody but you're obscuring the fact that you're not helping yourself in that manner it almost feels like you like like don't get me wrong right at the mass scale we want to help as many people as we can but you know i think you answered this and you said this in your when you were talking was that if you're not helping yourself if you're not able to even be this own beacon of light for yourself then the quote unquote help that you're going to be giving to other people might not actually be helping them it might be more hindering than a help so it's like okay how do you even know that the the way that you're helping them is in their best interest how do you know that it's it comes- how do you know that it's not actually coming from your own sense of self-righteousness and maybe even your own ego to say hey i want to help other people and like yeah that's great do that but how do you really know that you are helping somebody if you've never even helped yourself to begin with it comes down to truth if you're in your truth then you're integrity and if you're in integrity then you can assist if you're not in your truth, if you're doing things against your will, or if your thoughts are not in alignment with your words and actions, then you're not in your truth. Um, only by being in your truth, you can be able to hold that space and be in that space of integrity for others. Because remember, society puts us in a space of believing, especially for women, but also for men, that people pleasing, you know, oh, I don't want to argue, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that and whatnot. But remembering that if you are not saying no to something that isn't in alignment with you, then you're not only doing a a favor to yourself by not being in your truth, but you're also taking a lesson away from the other person. Mm. So just by being in your truth, you are actually assisting to healing others to an extent you are leading by example. And then understanding that if you say no to someone with compassion, you say, listen, like, this is not okay for me. Like, this is my truth, you know, Um, say it nicely. You don't have to be rude. If they get angry, that's their problem. That's their emotions. You can't control them. You can only control your own actions, thoughts, and emotions, not other people. They are choosing to get upset. They are choosing to get angry. They are choosing to go against you. You're just in your truth. You cannot take responsibility for their actions. So if we all start seeing things in this way, um, it'll be a lot easier. How many times people come to you, oh, you've made me angry. Oh, you've made me sad. I haven't made you anything. I'm not in control. What? How can I make you sad? It's your emotions. You know what I mean? But but we don't get taught this. You know? Yeah. <laughs> people, they, they, we get taught to people, please. We get taught that we need to uh, we need the car to be happy or, or or the house or you know we need external things to fill in what's within us when all we really need to do is be in our truth and learn the conditioning in order to 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 be kind of like this this neutral space and then relearn what is our own individual truth and then from that point from that integrity then we can help and assist others yeah that's so true <laughs> pun not intended <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, because it was, uh, uh, I was thinking of something, but I lost it. I looked at my candle and then I just completely lost what I was going to say. Womp, womp, womp. 
I'm sure it will come back. It does that every now and then, right? <laughs> In divine alignment. Yeah, maybe I was supposed to forget it. And then I started thinking. Timing. And then I started thinking about the pyramids. I was like, "Oh, I can't." See, this is the, this is the thing. Is like, I got to you got to make sure you're still in that pocket of paying attention. You lost me for a second because I saw your pyramid, and then I was like, "Oh, I can't wait to get one." I was like, "Wait, what are we talking about?" Yeah, it's like shit. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, maybe it's, it's not supposed to happen. Human. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully you'll get your pyramid soon. I do want to get that pyramid soon. I was, I was. Even, yeah, I know it's. It changes your life. I promise does it? you. I'm so excited for you to get it. <laughs> I can't wait Literally. for you to charge it for me. I'm like, oh, sick. But so do they? Do they all kind of collapse? Is that going to be? Do I need to like kind of put constraints on it, or will they all just be able to? No, they fit. They screw into each other. Oh, you don't have okay. To, like build anything, yeah. So they come in like these tubes, and then you kind of like slide them into each other, and then you kind of build it. How does how does a There's different ones? How does the airport deal with that? Are they cool with you just transporting large copper tubes? So well, no. So what I do is I bubble wrap it. Oh, okay. And then I send it through as fragile. Oh, uh, okay. So that's what I did the last time, yeah. Do you worry? So, and I, so I set it in. I don't take it with me on the plane. It goes in with the suitcases. Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense. Would there be any concern or do you like do some sort of protection whenever you're going to put it in that environment such that because like different people um, are going to be handled? Yeah. It's going to be jumbled around. Um, I, I would say that whenever I'm traveling, I'm always gridding. So I grid a lot. Like I grid what's the, a lot what's more than what you Real quick. So I put like grids around me of sacred geometry, of white light, um, just like protection grids. And I've got a lot of armors and layers. Like I'm very armored around me because of the level of work that I do again. So a normal person wouldn't really necessarily need to do this. If I don't grid as much, I end up getting psychically attacked or, you know, there's blockages or things like that. So whenever I'm traveling, I generally just grid beforehand. I don't specifically grid the pyramid, but I just grid everything in myself. It was funny because um, I was in Cape Town recently and I walked into this bar and I sat down. I was with a friend of mine and we sat like in the back room outside and this this girl, well, lady comes up to me and she's an energy worker and she comes up to me and she said, you just walked in with a team of the four archangelics and like a white grid and you've just gridded the whole place. And I laughed and I said to her, yeah, she said, she was like, what do you do? And I said, well, this is what I do. And this is the team that I that I travel with and I walk <laughs> around with. So I just thought it was quite funny that she saw it because she was like, she was like, I can't believe like I'm seeing this because she had vision. Um, so, so I tend to, I don't want to say overgrid, but I just tend to do that a lot. Um, again, it's not necessary if you're not doing, you know, this type of work, um, just a little bit of white light and whatnot, whatnot. But I would say generally if you're traveling, um, yeah, just so that everything goes smoothly, um, you know, and 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 just to help you be in flow. What about what about people who might be more in the public eye as well? Because I'm thinking about this for myself and and it's interesting because over the last several months Wow, probably a lot more than the several months. I've been trying to figure out why I've been having to sleep so much. And I'm curious in your mind, though, if this even comes back to just like posting content. So many people see it. Yeah. You get kind of put into their peripheral vision. Is there more? I'm just thinking about this now that I think this might be contributing to the fact of how much I've been sleeping. It might be that I am trying to heal or ward off all of that 
let's say energy from the posts I make to, you know, cause it is sometimes it's controversial stuff and totally respect that. So, you know, it, could it be even subconsciously that people are placing that energy on me unknowingly? And that might be even something that I need to take a little bit more, let's say action or due diligence in protecting myself being in the public sphere. Yeah. So what happens is, um, I know because I also need to do this through my videos. What happens is whenever you are interacting on a social platform, even like me and you now, or even like if you're speaking to someone like at a restaurant or whatnot, you form a chord with them. Mm. Okay. So you form a chord when there's an alignment and vibration and frequency, you form a chord. So what happens when you post like videos or do lives or things like that, you've got hundreds of people that are cording into you. So you want to be able to release those cords. If you don't, then they end up draining you. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like what's happening with you. you. You're probably not aware of it. Some of them are probably being released naturally, but you're not aware of it. So a little bit of shielding and just even a little bit of cleansing, like with smudge or sage or anything like that. Um, and also the technology as well. So putting just white light around your phone, around your computer and around things, like doing like a few small little things. It's just, it's just going to help you stay in that space where you're able to post, but you they can't really like you want to get to a space where they're not really courting into you at all okay it's almost like uh they're court would they be courting into something else or like some like peripheral thing or is it more just they're getting the information and leaving it's not like they're in and staying does that make sense um yeah i kind of see it like it would bounce off that's kind of like how i see it because you, you healed it so they would kind of like consciously or subconsciously maybe try and then yeah they would receive the information and um they it wouldn't yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't affect you if it makes sense but you'll still like when you're doing public work you'll still like i still have to clear that's why my pyramid helps me. that's why a pyramid will help mm. you as well because it it'll it'll stop from that and when you sit in it it will help with clearing things and and, and helping them release and whatnot and the same with your space and your house and things like that so generally um yeah it 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 can't this this is probably why you're sleeping more and you might be feeling more tired okay Whew, i like that or something that felt resonant there so i'm gonna have to dive into that i'll tell you i'm just like i think i'm just like anxious to even just kind of like get out of here because i really want to like implement these things um but i also love talking to you so i'm trying to figure out this fine balance right here is there anything else that you, I guess, like talk about normally that you want to bring up or touch on or, you know, cause I feel like there's been, yeah, I just, yeah, just before maybe I pull through some codes, I just want to, um, maybe just tell people a little bit about my work, if they, how they can oh, find absolutely. me and things like that. Um, so I have a lot of different things that I'm actually currently offering. I offer, uh, programs for six weeks. Um, or six months, which is intensive programs. I train light workers. So I train you to learn to do, you know, what it is that I do in your own unique and individual way, and then give you tools to help you and assist you. And then I do one-on-one programs as well, which like 
uh, just like one offer. You can even just see me for an energy clearing, standard clearing, a past life clearing. I do light language activations. I do collective healings as well once a month, which are only for $12. And it's 45 minutes of channeled light language. And it really helps in supporting me. And it's something that I give affordable, you know, to to everyone. Um, and so even people who maybe don't want to take the one one, but still want to get like a lot of light language. And then I release a lot of content as well. Obviously, you post my links like on my Instagram and my YouTube and things like that. I've got a few workshops up. So if any of you are interested in starting your own spiritual business um, and the energetics behind financial abundance and how it works in any business, really, then um, I've got that up. And then I've got one for psychic attacks, protection, intrusive thoughts, um, uh, releasing attachments. And I've got, this is also, you're hearing it here the first time, I'm going to be releasing a new workshop um, on the 4th of April, the 404. I don't know 100%. They've just said to me that I'm going to assist with anchoring the Metatronic grid. So it's going to be work with Archangel Metatron um, and within his grid and within his vibrational frequency. But I, I don't know the details yet, but I'm, it's going to be up on my website in the next, like, yeah, a week or so. And then I'm holding an in-person workshop in Cape Town. I don't know if you have any listeners in South Africa that they're more than welcome to come through to that. That'll also be in the middle of April. Um, yeah, and I guess that's kind of it. I just wanted to, yeah, just say where you guys can find me. Obviously, um, you leave my links or my website. For sure. And things like that, yeah. Those will all be in the show notes um, below. Yeah, Perfect. those will all be in the show notes. And then I think you also said you had a couple PDF books or like eBooks. Is that also something in there? Yeah, I've got a, yes, I've got a course, uh, which is a Pleiadian Starseed Activation course, which basically uses Pleiadian energy, um, where I speak a little bit about the history, the galactic history, and then there's um, codes and activations. I think it's 11 different videos in it. And then I've got an eBook, um, which is about 40, 45 pages on energy cords. And I just explain the different types of cords and how to release them. There's methods to do it. And that's only for $20. So I want, like, I, I have a lot of things that are accessible to everyone because I really want people to have this information and to apply it and then, you know, kind of like to pass it on as well. And I'm in the process within the next, like, I don't know, few months. I don't know the time frame yet that I'll probably be releasing a book of light codes um, as well on on uh, um, like a, a not a digital but an actual one. You know that you can physically physically buy as well. Um, so yeah, that's kind of it. I'm sure there's other stuff. Um, if you go on my website, you can just have a look and check it out or send me an email. Um, I'm always happy to to answer. I respond to all my emails because sometimes people are like, oh, is it your assistance? I'm like, no, guys, <laughs> send me an email. It's me. I don't get anyone to do it for me. I don't get anyone to run my social media. I do everything myself, love which it. is what I love, you know, connecting with people. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking through your website now. I'm definitely gonna have to dive into some of this stuff. It's pretty cool. This is pretty cool. For sure. All right, cool. So you were. Is there any? Go ahead. Yeah. No, I wanted to say if there's any intention that you would like for me to anchor in with the light language, generally, system clearing, thread clearing is generally what comes through on a collective level. But if there is anything, you can let me know. Um, and then I'm going to start. Um, 
the only things I'm I'm thinking of right now are egoic based and personal to me. So <laughs> I'd say just go with whatever you're you're feeling for the people that are going to listen to this. Okay. Okay. So just a little bit of a, a thing. I might like be coughing, gagging, burping. I'm just releasing and clearing energy throughout. So don't worry, guys. Nothing is happening. To <laughs> me. So I invite you all to close your eyes and anchor into your body as you find a comfortable breathing rhythm with every inhale you breathe in light with every exhale you release all that no longer serves you and as you relax your body relax your energy field relax your system you let go of any thought any worry anything that's been on your mind Allow to be in a space of openness, of oneness, for the codes to come in and anchor. And as we call on the Archangelic Collective, Michael to the south, Uriel to the north, Raphael to the east, Gabriel to the west, we call on Archangel Metatron with his blue cloak of protection from above and Sandalphon to seal the grid from below. We call on our higher selves, our spirit guides, anyone else who wishes to be present for the greatest and highest good you welcome in this space. Opening, opening, opening. Opening, opening systems, opening, 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 activating, 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 activating into blueprint structure, pulling in divine light, divine light, divine rays, anchoring, 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 clean, releasing, 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 letting go, letting go, letting go, letting go, letting go. Yeah, I'm doing like an emotional clearing in the solar plexus now. Feeling releasing, 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 letting go, letting go, letting go. Blood problems, pushing out, pushing out all that no longer serves you, letting go, letting go, letting go, starting, 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 releasing, 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 out, releasing, out, releasing, out, releasing, out, 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 you go up, up, up into the light, transmuting, 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 pulling in more light, divine rays, anchoring, 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 or rays, rainbow rays into the system, opening, 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 activating, activating. Activating, activating, activating into more light, into more light, coming in, coming in, coming in. Divine rays, divine rays, anchoring, 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 pushing through, pushing through, pushing out, 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 out. All that no longer serves you, letting go, letting go, letting go, letting go, letting go, letting go. Old structures, old paradigms, activating, activating, activating. Neural pathways, synapses, opening, 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 opening. Two more light, two more light. Expanding, 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 expanding
attuning, 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 attuning into higher chakras, higher heart, expansion, 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 green rays, or rays coming in, coming in, opening, 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 chiaro, trocora, triet, mara, terasiera, takra, trai, 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 atik, eroa, chiera, takria, naratria, takra, tekarotra, opening, 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 I'm working on the cranial structure now, opening, 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 opening. Opening, activating, 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 letting go, 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 removing blockages, removing, 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 removing shields, opening, 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 two more light, activating, 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 amplifying, 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 tarot, krietara, triatic ora, train, ram, toro, trietara. Na yo 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 karatrieta re siro to kuma ishena taka te 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 na roaria ra 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 yo ro ia tera ishia tek a yo sheda kra 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 yo tia tek a ie chena taka me areo toro tria tre re 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 arotro ishera tek a ro ina isen mataka sira takra te ina tok an ietma re a ie shiro to kura clearing releasing 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 again I'm clearing timelines I'm going down the ancestral lineage clearing releasing 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 detangling detangling decoding decoding opening 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 to more light pulling in pulling in more light divine rays anchoring 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 Roa ria re ra ra rai 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 extracting 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 so you might feel things pull out from the spinal cord from the solar plexus you might feel nausea dizziness you might feel like you're overheating takiro trokan maratrieta nia yo 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 tuning 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 Attuning, attuning systems, opening, 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 pulling in more divine rays, anchoring, anchoring, anchoring. Taratuku, ra 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 Universal understanding of self, tara ichira inti kara isir of universal laws and structures. Ki an kuna an ara ichima aria isira taka remembering who we are. Ta rotukumara isira remembering why we're here. Ta kun achina ta achira ta achina nara isi un otukur a isira nara isira te orotukura isira takra. Dri an etnu an 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 achina ka kukuku kisira takra. Tra yate kara isira otukura. Remembering to return to the heart, to return to love, to return to that anchor, 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 anchor of love, anchor of connection, to the one, to the self, to source consciousness, divine being, you are held, you are supported, you are protected, 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 protected in 
every single way. It's okay to let it go. Let go, let go, let go, let go. Let go. Stop holding on. Stop holding on. Big things are coming, big things are opening up. Go out there, spread the love, spread the light. Shining, shining, shining. Shining light out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Design, 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 closing, closing, ceiling, 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 so you gently anchor back into your body and ground back into your physical vessel. Drop into your breath. And you can either choose to stay in process or open your eyes. And just anchor back into third dimensional density and reality in your own time. There is no rush. Man, that felt good. Definitely did something. How are you feeling? Calm. My fingers are vibrating pretty, pretty fast. I was feeling like a lot of up and down, if that makes sense. Yeah, it activates the light body, so you'll feel you'll feel like your whole body is either vibrating or like a little bit like, ooh, like like loose, you know, or spacey. Um, this is why I usually do the the light language at the end, if anything, so that everyone can just go off and process and integrate and stay um with you know what it is that comes up for mm -hmm. them at that moment in time yeah 
I can see how you just want to sit in that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't want to add anything else to that. So I'll tell you, thank you so much for being here. And Conscious Monkeys, see you guys in the sixth dimension. Mm -hmm.